Praise the Lord. You are listening to a word from the Lord, a radio and internet ministry of the Refuge Temple Church of Burlington, North Carolina. Refuge Temple Church is located in the heart of Burlington, NC at 152 North Main Street. Our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. Refuge Temple Church is a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, multicultural ministry ordained by Jesus Christ to serve him, his kingdom, and the community from Main Street to the world. We welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the word of God. Thank you, Lord. You will find us today in the book of Numbers, and you can remain standing for the reading of the word. Numbers chapter number 14, and wow, you're turning and finding Refuge Temple is here to serve you. If you need prayer, you can call the church right now at 336-570-3664, 336-570-3664. Somebody will take your call. Somebody will pray with you. Somebody will pray for you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we're here to serve you. You can send a message to the church, whatever your needs are. We're glad and we're here to help. Numbers chapter 14 and verse number one, and we will conclude at verse number four. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God we had died in the land of Egypt. Would God we had died in the wilderness. And wherefore or why hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be prey? Were it not better for us to return unto Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return unto Egypt. Subject today, so close, but yet so far. You can be seated. So close, but yet so far. What is your perception or your impression of God? Some see a vengeful, angry, judgmental God who waits anxiously for a reason to destroy or to punish or to hurt the humanity that he created. Even in this pandemic, many are crying or travailing, travailing under the notion that God is somehow out to get us. And rightly so, if God, the Bible says, if God would mark iniquity, who could stand? If God judged us for, in the manner that we truly deserve to be judged, hallelujah, we, we, we could not fault God. But I, I don't believe that the Lord has sent this pandemic to destroy humanity. I don't believe that. First of all, because people who have... Um, been stricken with it, the Lord has raised them up. 
Hallelujah. So it can't be that God is just simply trying to take shots at people. Um, some see a God that teases humanity. He puts blessings in front of us. He gives us promises in the scripture. And he holds us up to this notion of seeking him and believing him. But yet, some would say he never gives us anything. There, there, there are people that really sincerely, because of their experiences or because of the testimonies of others, have in their mind that God really doesn't do anything for anybody. He just simply pretends. He promises, but he does not provide. He promises, but he does not keep his promises. But that is not the God of the Scripture. And thankfully, that is not the God that I know. I don't know the vengeful God. I've been chastised by God. Anybody want to be honest about that? I've been corrected by God. I've had things happen because I was disobedient to God. But God is not a vengeful God. There's nothing vengeful about it. That's not the God that I know. The God that I know gets angry, but he doesn't stay angry. Come on, somebody. Bible says his anger endureth but a moment. Hallelujah. It comes because of something that we have done or said or somehow we've behaved, but it leaves almost as quickly as it comes. And he's loving us all over again. And so if you can't see the God of the scripture, it has to be because you have either not read the Bible or you don't understand what you read. And so I want to give us today some firsthand information about God. It's always good to get firsthand information. It's always good not to settle for the insight or the experience of somebody else. But the old folks said you got to know God for yourself. And, and the first place you know God is by reading and understanding what is in his word. What does the Bible say about God. One of the first things that I learned about God is that God is merciful. Anybody believe that? Come on, somebody. God is The Bible says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. Oh, hallelujah. I, 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 I'm standing here, and you're sitting there, and you're in your homes watching, and you're listening perhaps in the parking lot because we serve a merciful God. Now, the only way you can appreciate the mercy of God is you got to really know you. And, and, and the you that you know has to be honest enough to say, you know what, if the Lord did not have mercy on me, I would not be here. And in fact, if we would be honest, we're not supposed to be here saved for the mercy of God. Okay, I, I, okay, I, I'm, I'm talking to the self-righteous today. I, I need some real people that have done some real things that the Bible says if God would mark iniquity, who would stand? If God walked through this church and gave every one of us what we deserve, my God, none of us would be left standing because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So if I'm sitting in the house or if I'm watching, oh God, by Facebook or if I'm listening, oh God, by radio or by podcast, I'm only here because God is merciful. 
Okay, okay, I'll say that for me. God is merciful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brandon. God is merciful. See, because if I got what I deserved, I ought to be in the cemetery right now. And my soul ought to be burning in hell. But there's a merciful God. Oh, hallelujah. The songwriter said, he looked beyond what? All of my faults and saw my needs. He did not give me what I deserved, but he, he, he did something. Oh, God. In fact, he loved me so much that he took the penalty that I should have paid. That's, the, that, that, that's why that cross is there. That cross is a living daily reminder that I should be hanging on that cross save the mercy of a great and wonderful God who extended himself to me. Oh God, the only reason why I'm saved is because of his mercy. Only reason why I got my right mind is because of his mercy. Only reason why I'm able to get, I got out of bed this morning, woke up, made my own breakfast, is the mercy of God. Oh, hallelujah. And how people can breathe his air and how people can walk and say they feel his spirit and never acknowledge the mercy of God. Oh, God, are there any recipients of God's mercy sitting with me today? Oh, hallelujah. Then, then I, I, I wish you would just tell him thank you. Hey, that's what the psalmist said. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. Second thing you need to know about God is God is full of grace. Now, some people erroneously think mercy and grace are the same thing. Let me, let me clarify the difference between mercy and grace. Mercy is you not receiving what you deserved. Come on, somebody. I deserve punishment, but mercy said not so. Grace is different from mercy because grace is me receiving what I did not deserve. Oh, hallelujah. And everything good in my life that God has blessed me with is because of the grace of God. That, that, that's why I struggle with these arrogant, self-righteous, self-promoting, oh God, self-ingrandizing people that think they got here by themselves. None of us got where we are by ourselves. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I need an honest person that you don't deserve the house you live in, the car you drive, the money you spend, or the air you breathe. But it's the grace of God that provides it because God, oh shut I didn't deserve it, but he's a gracious God. Oh, God, gracious God. Sitting in places that I didn't justify, but God is gracious God. Gracious, Psalm 116 and 5 says, Gracious is the Lord and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. The, the Schofield said that grace is God beseeching and bestowing. Now, I, I want to bring that for a moment, then I'm going to move on. God beseeching and bestowing. God, when God is so gracious that you don't have to find him to be blessed, he goes looking for you. Okay, that, that went over somebody's head. God is so gracious that you don't have to look for him. He goes looking for you saying, let me bless you. Let me help you. Let me provide for you. Let me feed you. 
let me supply your needs. He invites you, oh God, into his presence. And then when you get in his presence, he says, let me give you something because I love you like that. And you say, well, Lord, I don't deserve it. And you know, most of us, if you would be honest, struggle with feelings of unworthiness. Anybody ever struggle with feeling unworthy? That you saw what God was doing, you saw how God was blessing you, and you said, Lord, I don't deserve it. And God said, you're right, you don't deserve it. But because I'm a gracious God, I'm going to give it to you anyway. And the only thing I ask in return, oh God, is that you just thank me for what I have done. That's why I get pure mad with folk who I know that are blessed that sit up and have to be begged to glorify the God who has graciously invited them and graciously bestowed blessings upon them. And then somebody has to tell you, clap your hands, lift your hands, open your mouth, say something to the Lord. Every time you take a step, you ought to be saying, Lord, I thank you. Every time you move, you ought to be saying, Lord, I thank you. Every time you start that car that your credit didn't justify, you ought to be saying, Lord, I thank you. Every time you walk in that house that you missed the payment on, you ought to be saying, Lord, I thank you because God is a gracious God. Oh, God, he's a gracious God. This is the God I know. What does the Bible say? Bible says that God is an able God. Somebody just say, Lord, I know you're able. Here's what the Bible says. Bible says, um, Ephesians 3 and 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now, this means that as good as God has been to you, he is even better than that. Okay, that went over somebody's head. As much as God has done, he can do greater. As much as God has proven himself to you, he can do more. He's able, look at it, look at the word, to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now, maybe you've never done this, but I've received blessings that I didn't pray about, but I did think about. Okay, that, 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 some of y'all missed that. I have literally sat in my house and said, Lord, it would sure be nice if this happened. Come on, somebody. Didn't come out and ask him, just thought about and said, Lord, it would sure be nice. I remember when I changed jobs and, and, and I wasn't due to get paid on the new job because I hadn't been there but about two weeks and I was and, and I got my last check from my old job and I was sitting at the new job saying, Lord, it would sure be nice if I got paid from this new job today. And, and, and the secretary came out and passed out checks and nobody brought me a check. Nobody brought me a stub. I said, well, Lord, I guess it ain't come, but it would sure be nice if I got paid today. And as soon as I thought about it, Charity called me from the house and said, Rez, there's something here, oh, hallelujah, from your new job. I said, open it. She said, it's a paycheck. Come on, somebody. That's when God provides. Not that I prayed about it, but I said, Lord, it should be nice. I need y'all to start thinking about some things that you need God to do. I need somebody in here to use your imagination and open up your mind and say, Lord, it would sure be nice if this door opened. It would sure be nice if that ministry.
miracle came. It would sure be nice if that provision was made because he is able. Oh, come on and shout hallelujah. Last thing, and I got to move on, is that God is a willing God. I need you to tell your neighbor, if nobody, if you didn't come in the house, so you shouldn't be sitting beside anybody. But if you came with somebody, and, or if somebody's across the aisle, just say to them, God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. Say it again. God wants to bless you. Saints, stop acting like God doesn't love you enough to want to bless you. The Bible says it's the Father's good pleasure to give the kingdom to the children. That means God wants to do for you. In fact, more than you, in fact, God wants you blessed more than you want to be blessed. I don't know that if y'all realize that or not. Because the writer in James said that if any of you lack wisdom, and quite honestly, that's a fill-in-the-blank scripture. If you lack wisdom, if you lack love, if you lack peace, if you lack money, if you lack joy, if you lack connectivity, whatever you lack, let him ask of God, who that giveth to all men, look, look at the words, liberally. Now, some of us are stingy. I'll tell you I know a stingy person. When you ask him for money, they do like this. Yeah, okay, so y'all look at him. Let me, I got to figure out a place to hide. All right, when you ask somebody for money and they turn their back because they don't want you to see what they got and they pull out just enough, barely enough, not even enough. All right, but that's not God. God gives liberally. In fact, I'm going to say this. God just doesn't give drops of blessings. God sends showers. Of, I'm prophesying to somebody. You're not going to have a drop in this next season. You're going to have a shower. Uh, oh, Oh, God, you say, well, well, Bishop, we're in a pandemic, and this is dried up, and that stopped, and unemployment is going to run out on Friday. But you know what? None of that matters because there's a God that's still raining. Oh, hallelujah. There's a God that's still pouring out. And I need us to have more confidence in God than we have in Congress, than we have in the governor, than we have in the president president because there's a God that can make what we need when we need it. That can provide what we need when we need it. Anybody trust that God? Come on, open your mouth and shout hallelujah. He giveth liberally and he abradeth not. Your God is not stingy. Well, given the four things I've just said about God, I have a critical question. If we understand all of this about God, why do so many people come close to receiving but fail to achieve what is in front of them? Because there's a cadre of people that are at the edge of miracles, signs and wonders. So close, there's an anticipation in their spirit, but they never get what they've been praying about. They've told you God is going to do X, Y, or Z for me, but then something happens, and when you go back to them and say, well, 
what happened to what you were talking about? Well, this, well, that. And that's a group of people that Hebrews talks about in Hebrews chapter 4, saying, let us fear lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Saints, the last thing I want is to get close to my miracle and then come up short. Oh, God, I, I, I don't want to get to the edge. I don't want to get to the door. I don't want to get on the outside. I don't want to get to the very crux of what God's going to take me just to come up short. When I am so close, I've been saying this, and I'm not trying to be redundant, but I'm trying to get somebody to activate your faith, that you are so close to God doing something in your life. Anybody believe that beside me? Oh, God, I got some stuff that I need God to work out, and I am so close to seeing him do it. But I don't want to get there and then miss out on what God's going to do in my life. Teachable moments from the text. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. We're reading chapter 14, and this is after the ten spies have come back and lied to the children of Israel because they were so determined that God could not take them into the promised land that they spent the whole day telling everybody that would listen, the giants are there. The city is a walled. We're like grasshoppers compared to them. There's no way we can go in and take this land. And you know what? If you tell a lie long enough, somebody will believe you. Okay, all right. If you don't believe me, okay, no, I'm not going to be political today. All right. But if you tell a lie long enough, somebody will believe that lie. And these 10 men told this same lie for so long that by the nighttime in chapter 14, everybody's crying. They're crying because they came all the way through the desert and they crossed the Red Sea. And they're on the edge of the promised land. But these 10 liars said, there's no way God can take you into that land. And there's no way God can give you the land. And so they're laying in their beds crying because you know what? Unbelievers create doubters. Now, th th there's a fundamental difference between an unbeliever and a doubter. Unbeliever is somebody that calls God a lie. God has given them his promise. God has given him his word. God has said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make this happen in your life. But an unbeliever will look God in the face and say, you're lying to me. I don't care what you have done in the past. I don't care how you blessed me in the past, but because I don't want to believe, I have chosen to call God a liar. Saints, be very careful that you don't call God a liar. Be very careful that you don't challenge the integrity of God. If God said it, he is able to perform it. I don't care how crazy it sounds. I don't care how far-fetched it might be. If God said it, even if you can't see it, just open your mouth and say, yes, 
Lord. And you can say, Lord, I don't even see how you're going to do it. But because you've never lied to me, and that's my testimony, God has never lied to me. Everything he's promised, he has brought to pass. Everything he said, he has made happen. I don't know how you feel about God, but the God I serve has never lied to me. Oh, God, he's done some things that when he first told me, I scratched my head. Can we have an honest moment in here? Lord said, I'm going to do it this way. I'm like, mm. and but, but before I would not believe him, I say, God, I don't understand it. But because you said it, and heaven and earth shall pass away, but your word shall not pass. Because you said it, I'm going to say yes, Lord. I don't know who I'm talking to, but God has made you a promise. And I know it seems difficult. And I know it seems unusual. But I need you right now to lift your hands and just say yes, Lord. Oh, God. I know the doctor said this. And the lawyer said this. And the banker said this. But what did God say? And whose report will you believe because he's never lied I'll lift my hands and I'll open my mouth and I'll say yes Lord don't know how you're going to do it don't know how you're going to fix it but because you said it I'll say yes Lord we sincerely hope that you were blessed by this broadcast today if you desire prayer or want more information about our church, please call us at 336-570-3664. Again, that's 336-570-3664. You can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.refugetemplenc.com. Again, that's www.refugetemplenc.com. Pastor Reginald and Lady Charity Davis and the Refuge Temple family would like to invite you to worship with us whenever you are in the Burlington area. If this ministry has blessed you, please write to us at P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C., 27215. That's P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C., 27215. Or email us, info at refugetemplenc.com. That's info at refugetemplenc.com. God bless you, and until next time, shalom, shalom.